Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Now, today's guest is Steve Gamlin. As the motivational firewood guy, Steve blends back to basics, positivity, visualization, and humor to teach his clients to see desired outcomes, understand their why, and build action plans to achieve them. After a successful decade in rock morning radio, Steve crashed and burned his career, first his marriage and financial stability, then became a stand-up comedian and professional speaker through the motivational firewood business, who then brought his life to new heights After two companies, dream relationship, and four books published, Steve can bring it in in any interview situation. Welcome to the show, Steve. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you, Kong. So happy to be here and enjoy this conversation. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, so let's uh, dig into your your background a bit. Uh, Could you share with my listeners, uh, other than what I've um, indicated, your background? Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid, I, I wanted two things. I wanted to be on the radio and make people laugh. And I also wanted to be a teacher, but not in a classroom setting. And honestly, I had no idea for years how I would achieve either one. And uh, when I was in my early 20s, I had a friend keep reminding me, hey, your dream was to be on the radio. You're broken, depressed on your grandfather's couch. Why don't you do something about it? And I was 24 years old at the time. So I got into radio. Did, uh, had a great 10-year career, worked 15 years worth of hours, and just crashed and burned and blew my whole life up. Quit radio, got divorced, was very in debt. And, uh, you know, one afternoon, hitting golf balls in a thunderstorm, daring the storm to hit me. I was just getting out frustration, hitting golf balls. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hit my bucket and the buckets of two people, two scaredy cats who ran from the storm. <laughs> and a couple of days later, a coach that I just started working with said, how was your week? And I told him about hitting golf balls in a thunderstorm under power lines, barefoot in the wet grass. And I just tried to make it funny. And he said, I got two questions for you. Are you this open and honest about your life with everybody? And I said, well, sure. It's usually self-deprecating, but yeah, I'm pretty much an open book. And he said, you ever thought of being a motivational speaker or a stand-up comedian? And it just hit me my entire life since I was a kid. Mm. I wanted to do that. And it I never knew how to do it or pursue it. And I said yes to both, but I had no idea. And he had on his desk a brochure for an introductory stand-up comedy class starting two weeks later at a local college. And I was there. And then I started uh, Toastmasters, which teaches you how to speak and become a speaker and here we are 17 years later go figure golf balls in a thunderstorm well i can certainly tell your skills have worked very well for you uh you certainly have the voice for it and uh to be a, you know radio talk uh guy and um you know what what so when you were back back when you were that 24 year old sitting on the couch and someone told you that you need to do something with your life. Like what were the kinds of uh, thoughts you were contemplating during that time? 
and how did you move yourself out of that situation and and act it felt like a pause button you know like a little you see those those charts out there it was definitely a valley uh, i had gone through four years of college graduated when i was 22 graduated what my dad used to love this is his favorite joke i used to tell that i graduated summa cum this close because <laughs> i only graduated by 62 one thousandths of a point so i was really just for a couple of years just barely treading water in a valley uh didn't have any money didn't have a full-time job was working as a carpenter with my dad when there was work mm. but it just felt like i wasn't connected and plugged in and i know the word passion gets thrown around a lot in a bad way like, you know, people say, oh, if you find your passion, you'll never work a day in your life. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't care how passionate you are. It's hard work. Right. But this friend who his name was Danny, and he had asked me a few times. And finally, I'm just thinking, you know, my life's really not going anywhere. I'm not super happy. So why don't I just reach out and find out what it would take to get into radio? Mm -hmm. And I called a local DJ who I used to listen to a lot. Her name is Cindy. She's still a dear friend. Mm -hmm. I said, Cindy, I'm thinking of getting into radio. What should I do? And she said, well, there's a school down near Boston. They have a summer program. And it was, I think it was $4,000. So I borrowed the money from my grandfather. And I went down there in the first day in class. I just thought, oh my gosh, I already love this. Mm -hmm. And and my skills were not good at all. And I thank you for saying that I have a good radio voice. It's a shame I didn't have it when I was actually on the radio. But it, just the feeling of hope and all of a sudden I felt like I had plugged a light in a socket and the lamp went on. It, it just felt like this door had opened. I knew I'd love it, but I was always afraid to be good enough to even open the door. Mm. And uh, it felt it felt amazing. And in the 10 years I was there, stops and starts, radio stations would get sold. We'd all get fired mm. and basically thrown out the door. So after that happened a couple of times at the end of 10 years, I was ready to walk on, but I plugged into the next mm. lamp and then the speaking light came on. That's amazing. So tell us more about your work with, um, you know, with visualization and, and working with your clients to get them to understand their, their, their why and, and build action plans. Yeah, my favorite question to ask people is, what do your goals look like? Mm -hmm. Because it, it it's almost like a puppy, the head tilts. <laughs> they look at me kind of funny. And I said, well, you know, do you set goals or do you make resolutions? Because that's a start. And sometimes people will say, oh, yeah, well, I have a goal this year. I want to buy a new car. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, okay. I mean, no matter what they say, if they want to be healthier or make more money or a new vehicle or a new home or redesign something or or whatever i said all right what does it look like and then they if they have an idea they'll they may say well i saw this and i really like it and they'll start to describe it and what i do with people is to try to dial in the description mm. and if they can create a photo find a photo take a photo of themselves to keep it in a place where they can see it on a regular basis and then i'll ask well why do you want that or why is this particular one so important and the more times I ask them and the deeper they dive, the more emotionally connected they get to it. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, if you can start to figure out exactly what they want and why they want it connected really at a heart level, mm -hmm. then you can start to take 
the steps to get closer to it. Maybe you have to meet somebody. Maybe you have to learn a new skill or, or reach out or learn um, just how to do something or, or the best way to go about. So it's really, I, I equate it to like a pirate map you see in the pirate movies. Mm -hmm. And they'll have a map and it'll have a bunch of different pictures and the X where the treasure is. Well, if you don't know where the X is and then be able to look by the picture around it of how to get there, you're going to be digging a lot of holes in the beaches. Mm -hmm. and, and you're just going to kind of drift your way through life versus having that endpoint. It's like using a GPS. Right. You can go out there and drive forever. You might get where you're looking to get eventually. Mm -hmm. But if you know exactly where you are now and where you want to go, it makes the journey shorter and I believe more rewarding. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a part of it was to get them to tap into their emotions. Do you believe that emotions is really what drives people to achieve their dreams or hopes? I believe it because the more emotionally connected you are to it and the stronger you know your why, and, and when somebody says, why do you want that? You can just immediately say it and feel it <laughs> is because life is going to constantly be throwing things in your path mm -hmm. and in your way. And if, if you know why you want something, you're going to drive over through around dig under whatever. I mean, look at, look at what 2020 did for us. You know, we're all climbing a mountain towards some better version of our lives. 2020 was that giant clump of trees that fell across our path. Yeah. And if you, if you know why you want to get to the top of the mountain and which peak, which view, if you know exactly what you're going for, mm -hmm. when something like 2020 happens, I mean, you can stand there and stare at the blockage and say, well, I'll just wait until somebody else removes it. Or, well, I guess I'll just walk back down to the bottom of the mountain, mm -hmm. which is going to be rickety picnic tables and a porta potty, which that's not great. Mm -hmm. But if you really want what's on the other side of those trees, you're going to climb over them. You might dig under them, or you just start walking to the left or to the right, and eventually you're going to hit the roots of the or the treetops, mm -hmm. and you just walk around them. Now it might put you in a different place, but you can still look upward. You might find some new people to walk with, a new tribe to be a part of. Mm -hmm. You may find a new path to get there. But we, the more emotionally connected you are to the why, the more likely you're just going to keep on plugging, no matter what mm -hmm. and and life's going to keep getting in the way we just got to keep climbing over digging under going around or just putting our heads down and just plowing through stuff every day there's distractions right it's like a river if you start paddling you can increase the odds that you get to the other side if you just sit in the river let it take you mm -hmm. you might not like the ending right yeah i mean speaking of distraction in age of digital information and age of social media we're bombarded with so much um and it's there there are actually apps out there that are helping us to simplify our life because there's so much going on and so good for those apps that are doing that um but it's also important to have our why and without it i don't think people would really know how to manage their life in a way that's meaningful impactful and gives them a sense of, of existence. What's, so when you're having these discussions with your clients, what are some of the, the conversations that, that, that stem out of it as it relates to their why? Like, what are, can you give us some of the examples? Yeah, um, 
there was a, a woman years ago, there was a, a speaking event I was at and I was talking about visualization and motivation and, and all of that. And I said, all right, who has a dream car they would love to own? And way in the back of the room, this little hand went up and she was all of about five foot two. She was in her mid sixties and was getting ready to retire. Mm-hmm. And so many people, you know, you think about retirement, all of a sudden people don't have that work. They don't have that purpose and they can fall into depression. And a lot of people, I mean, literally, they pass away sometimes within years of retirement because they don't have a purpose. They don't have a plan for that area of their lives and and to inject some passion and and be plugged in. And I said, okay. Uh, The question was, who has a dream car? She raised her hand. And I said, okay, what is your dream car? And she said, a 74 Corvette. And, And it was mostly her coworkers who were there. And they all did that little turn like this little, you know, old ish in her mid 60s. Lady wants a Corvette. And, and I could see people starting to react and I went, all right, we got a why here and we got a description. I said, what does it look like? She said, bright orange. I said, hard top or convertible? She goes, oh, convertible. I'm going to the beach at least three times a week. <laughs> I said, okay, cloth interior or leather? And she goes, oh, honey, leather smells great. <laughs> and I said, okay, what's going to be on the stereo? She goes, oh, baby, Elvis. <laughs> and I said, and, and as she said all this, her face was lit up. Her coworkers' jaws were on the tables. Most of them didn't know this about her. And I said, is there a dealership around or is there somebody who has one for sale? And she goes, well, there's one I've had my eye on. I said, okay, who wants to go to lunch with her tomorrow? Bring her to that car and take a picture of her in that bright orange Corvette with black leather interior convertible. And a bunch of hands went up and I said, that's visualization. That's emotional connection. That's knowing the why. She wants to use her retirement to go to the beach and just go tear up the highways and listen to Elvis and be in a convertible and feel the wind in her hair. She's already described and can emotionally connect with that experience. That story actually happened over a decade ago. Hmm. And I. this is the importance of being emotionally connected. I am overjoyed every time I get to relive that story. And I'm right back there. I can still picture the room. I know the exact building where I was when all this happened. And that's an example of the conversations I have with my clients on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, I, I sense that that's when people say they want to buy a car, for example, to me, that sounds more materialistic than it is. Mm-hmm. What's really behind it? Yeah. Why do people have a need to buy things to make them feel good. So let's dig a little deeper than that. Is it because at one point in their childhood experience, uh, childhood uh, years, they were, I don't know, um, traumatized uh, by an incident or an event or that, that makes them want more in their life? Or is it simply that people just have a sense of, appreciation for for things and they know that they can get it and that they'll visualize and take action to get it like what's your take on that it could actually be a variety of things it it could be a childhood trauma or it could just be that they their family didn't have a lot of money and now maybe they're working hard maybe they're earning more revenue and they want something uh want something nicer uh, it could be a variety of things. And I do want to stress to your, your listening audience that I'm not trained as a, in psychology or psychiatry or anything like that. So I can't diagnose or, or say factually what the reasons might be. 
Right. Um, but there are times where people say, well, the people I hang out with or spend my time with, they're always putting those material things first. So I want to feel like I belong. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have nice things as well. Now I'm a person who doesn't care mm -hmm. about showy images or, or anything like that. I'm a person who sees beyond the material. And I spend most of my time setting goals in all the other eight areas of life, physical health, emotional well-being, uh, my relationships, my connection with the world in a real way, my ethics, morals, and integrity, my spirituality, um, all of these other things, career and finance, and how they all work together. And if, if something decent materially comes out of that, wonderful. But I'm not one of those people who goes for status. I mean, I drive a 10-year-old Honda CRV with almost a quarter million miles on it, and I love it. And when it dies, I want to buy another one just like it. Unlike the gurus in my industry, the motivational guys who say it's got to be a Ferrari or a, you know, Lamborghini. Yeah. I want another Honda CRV because it's dependable as heck, gets good mileage, is affordable, and it serves my life. So I, I don't fall for any of those other pressures or, you know, stigma or anything like that. I'm, I'm all about creating the, the happiest version of me there is. And, and all that comes with that. And it's, it's a joyful journey. I'll say that. That's great. So how would you define purpose and how has it show up in your life? It's funny. There's a lesson that my grandfather, one of my two amazing grandfathers, and they were very different human beings, mm -hmm. but one of my grandfathers never actually said these words, but he lived it so well that I absorbed it. My purpose is to leave at least one situation a day better than I found it. And it could be through a conversation or a conversation like we're having right now. Somebody may listen and it may inspire them to take an action to better their lives or uh, an act of kindness, uh, even anonymous, just to leave a situation better than I found it every day. And since I consciously made the decision to do that, life has just gotten better because it's very addictive by the way to do that in a really in the best way that every time i i arrive at a store i look for a stray parking uh shopping cart that might dent someone's car on a windy day and i go well okay i'm gonna go rescue that carriage and put it away so it won't dent that really nice car over there or if i can hand it off to somebody going in the store and make them laugh at the same time like on the shopping cart used shopping cart dealer going you're gonna love it hand grips are warmed up and the wheels hardly wobble if there's a way to leave a situation better than I found it every day, then I'm doing pretty well. And that's, that's my purpose is to be out there living it every day. As an example, if somebody's observing and, and sees me do it and sees how much joy it brings me and anybody else who might be part of the transaction, they may be inspired to do it. And if, and if that can keep rippling on, I think, you know, it sounds silly, but we can all make the world a better place if we just pay attention and be consistent doing that but that's that's my purpose and through my speaking my books my programs and everything else if i can do that every day i'm doing all right that's amazing so you mentioned about um consistency i think that's definitely something that we need to um incorporate into our lives is to be more consistent at either how we treat ourselves the people in our our lives um our work things we're passionate about. There's also another um, point you made about um, being intentful. 
right? I believe that with all the tech evolution, if we can automate things, that's great. But the, for the things that really matter to us, we should be more intentful in how we choose to apply them in our lives. And so um, I think that having clarity and being intentful in our actions to either, let's say, achieve our goal of, I don't know, being a, a TEDx speaker, as an example, um, is something that's inspirational and that you know you, we can strive for, but we have to find clarity in that process, right? So you mentioned about uh, getting your clients to outline action plans on how to achieve their, their goals. What are some of the action plans that you could share with us that have worked for your clients? Um, the biggest things I tell them, and we actually have an exercise that I work with them when they when they create their goal or the vision board or whatever it is we're working on, and they'll they'll say, "Okay, I have no idea where to start." I'm going, well, okay, okay, don't don't change your vision. Let's let's think about this. Okay, if you were to have achieved that. Who would you have had to connect with or what would you have had to learn mm. or, or, you know, maybe what research would you have to do to, to do that? Like if you were already there, what had you done? Mm -hmm. They say, well, I would, I would have done this. I go, okay. And we take a step back. Well, now what would you do to get to that? Oh, we do this and this. So when I break it down to resources, actions, and connections, all of a sudden people don't just think they're at the bottom of the mountain looking all the way at the top again. Mm -hmm. They start to realize that along the path, there's you know, going online to, to get information, going to a local networking event to meet the type of people that you might have to engage with or have relationships with to get to the next level. Maybe you have to get certified for something. So you go online, you go on YouTube, or you find a course somewhere, or you meet a speaker, author, professional in some capacity. And you start just realizing that all it is, is a bunch of little steps. Mm -hmm. And and I've, I've met people, uh, one of my, uh, one of my vision board coaching clients has wanted to go on a safari in Africa, since mm -hmm. she was in her teenage years, she I believe she's 32 now. And a couple of years ago, she said, okay, Steve, I really want to get this Africa safari thing as my goal. It's my big focus. My, I got my whole vision board, but I really want, this is the big one. I said, okay. What's your favorite animal? She goes, oh, giraffes. Okay. So I said, we, we need a hashtag. We need a mantra. Giraffe, Africa. Giraffrica. That's what we just, we've been using that now for three years. We just hashtag Giraffrica. So everybody knows that Jen is Giraffrica Jen. She shared it with her friends, her family, her clients, her coworkers in her company, which is a nationwide company of individual rep representatives. Everybody that sees anything with a giraffe sends it to her and tags her. So she is constantly being supported by people who are cheering her on. I said, okay, how much is the trip going to cost? She said, I have no idea. I said, okay reach out to a travel agent, go get some brochures. This was pre-COVID. I said, go to their office, get some brochures and ask about the trip. It's her and her partner, Mikey. Okay, what's the cost gonna be? Mm -hmm. How long do you think it would take you to create, generate that amount of revenue and still be able to pay your bill? She said, two years. Said, okay, we created a tracking system and not just little check boxes. I found a cartoon giraffe from a kid's coloring book and it had 10 spots on it. We figured she needed $10,000 total. 
So we did two of them, one for 2018, one for 2019. Every time she banked $500, she went on a Facebook Live for all of her clients, colored in a $500 spot. Mm. So she celebrated the momentum along the way. She met everybody she needed to. She even spoke to people I know who have been to Africa because she wanted to do a little volunteer work while she's there. So she made it so real in advance and wasn't intimidated by, oh my gosh, I have to raise $10,000. She celebrated it $500 at a time for two years. Hmm. And she made it. It's amazing. Wow. That's such a specific example of how to actually visualize your dream and then taking the necessary action items to get there. Um, that's, that's, that's really incredible. Um, so does it matter if it takes a person two years or 10 years to achieve a goal or does it just depends on the type of goal that they're trying to strive for, like building a business which could take, I don't know, like five, 10 years, um, whereas going to a trip, um, taking a trip to, to Aruba or like even the Caribbeans. Mm -hmm. I think as long as your why remains strong, I mean, so many people say, well, I want to do this and it's a huge goal and I want to do it by the end of the year. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what's the likelihood that you have the time, the money, the energy, the focus to be able to do that. And some goals will take 10 years, mm -hmm. but as long as you understand that it's, it's going to be a road. I mean, we still have you know, all these areas of our lives that are happening 24 seven, you know, we, we, and they all are intertwined. You know, so many people say balance between, and I say, no, no, no. Integration of Tony, uh, Tony Sai, the former CEO of Zappo said that integration of mm -hmm. you have to get enough sleep, get enough exercise, eat well to be able to work your best to generate the revenue, to get to that level. So I think the timetable really depends on, can you stay connected with it, even if you're just chipping away slowly? Mm -hmm. You know, the old marble works of art, all those statues, they took years to make because the, the craftsman was just hitting it just right, little hits at a time to find that beautiful statue that was within that giant block of marble or granite or whatever they were working with. Right. So I... I think the timetable really depends on your passion for it, your dedication for it, and your willingness to be consistent mm -hmm. to get there. It's, it's like an old wooden roller coaster. Mm -hmm. We have one here in Southern New Hampshire. that's like a thousand years old and every year there's more bolts falling out of it, <laughs> but I still like to ride it. You start at the bottom and you look up at the top of that first hill. Now that's your goal. You get over that and you can enjoy the rest of the ride, but you have to go click, 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 click. You can't cheat it. You can't skip steps. And you can't start near the top. You've got to do every single little step to get there mm -hmm. so that you can celebrate the achievement. And then at the end of it, if you really enjoyed it, it's the first thing you want to do. Go on again, set another goal and mm -hmm. start all over. Mm -hmm. And it can take 10 years to get there. Believe me, I'm 17 years into a speaking career <laughs> and still building. That's amazing. I think that going back to your point with consistency is having those habits and being consistent every day towards your goal is what's gonna compound and ultimately lead people to achieve their dreams. Mm -hmm. And for example, I set my, my 
uh, dream to move out here to San Diego. I'm, uh, you know, from the Midwest, uh, and I went to back in 2015. This is back in November when it was really cold, about negative 30 in Minnesota. I set a trip out here to San Diego and arrived in the same day, and it was perfect weather, clear skies, 70 degrees. This is in November, and I was like, what the people live like this in San Diego? <laughs> I have to make a move out here. And yeah. it took me five years to finally made, you know, to achieve my dream. Um, and obviously I, you know, had encountered bumps uh, on the road. Um, and, you know, my job took me to San Francisco. Uh, and I was there for two years. I knew that although I wasn't in San Diego, I was close. And so I just kept on hammering um, on these steps and ultimately one thing led to another and now I'm here. And so, and I think the power of visualization is so um, important. Um, for example, I just bought a vision board and you know I write down action items, resources I could tap into, things that I know that's gonna move me towards um, that's going to move the, the needle towards achieving my, 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 my goals. Mm -hmm. And it has helped tremendously. And so I'm very proud that I've, um, uh, you know, was able to get this vision board so that I can write down these action items. Um, and there's something about writing it down and seeing it that registered your, your, your mind. And then of course, you know, it sets reminders for you every day. And then it just keeps, you know, you're in the cycle of, okay, so this is a reminder, this is what I have to do. And you take small actions towards these goals and then ultimately you achieve them. So I, I, I in looking back at my move to San Diego, of course, I am really happy being here. It's definitely my dream. And I kind of wonder if, if I, didn't enjoy the process uh, enough. What's your take on that? When people are trying to achieve something and that they've, when they achieved it, they celebrate, but it's, everything happens so fast and the celebration is over. And so it's like, now what? Like, what is there to come? So do you think people should enjoy the process more often than they should and not completely be so focused on the outcome. What's your take on that? I think a big part of it, it's, it's not just what we get, it's who we become along the way. Mm -hmm. So while we may not enjoy every step of the process, and believe me, there are some parts of the process of owning a business, and I own two of them, that are a drag. Yeah. And, and you got to go through stuff that you don't enjoy, you know, but it, it's who you become along the way. So it's, it's not just what you get at the top, it's, it's kind of who you are in, in the, the whether personality or character traits or something that you've strengthened along the way. Maybe you've learned some new skills and you're better and more powerful. And I think that's a big help for wherever you decide to go next. Like you may never move away from San Diego, but you may want to do different things in your life. So you may set a goal that's, oh my gosh, that's scary. That's too big. Wait a second. I was freezing my tail off in Minnesota and I came out here 70 on a November day. And I said, I want to live here. Now it took me five years and I'm here. 
but you also became a better version of yourself right. when you got there. So it's not just the getting, it's the becoming. It, it's kind of like we go into a cocoon for a bit. Right. Not every day in a cocoon is going to be great, <laughs> but <laughs> it's who we become at the end and, and what we're ready to do and focus our attention, our consistency and our momentum on. You know, if you've done it right, I believe, you become better, stronger, more confident every time you achieve something. And it's going to put you in a better place to achieve the next thing. So it's not like you didn't change and all these things just started to rack up. If you grow with the experiences, I think you're in a better place to achieve the next stuff. And it gets, not that it gets easier, but you get to look over your shoulder and say, well, I've already come this far. What's next? Right. And you get to go to that next level. Something I also recommend is I, I keep a daily gratitude journal. So along the way, every day, or at least on a regular basis, I think what we need to do is acknowledge how hard we've worked and how far we've come and who we're becoming. And you, you touched on this earlier in, in our conversation, and I loved it because you, you were talking about how you speak to yourself and how you look at yourself and, and acknowledge that you're, you're growing. And I think the greatest thing to do every day is look in the mirror and figure out something you like about yourself. And we all have those days where we just want to give that person the finger, at least look down and say, well, your socks match. That's good enough for today. <laughs> just, just keep going because believe me, I, I used to be, put it this way. And I'm from New England, so I can say this. If self-deprecation was a competitive sport, I would have more trophies and awards than Tom Brady. <laughs> because I used to be brutal on myself, very self-deprecating. I thought I was doing it to make people laugh, but the problem is the inner voice was listening. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't getting up that mountain. I mean, I was achieving some stuff, but I wasn't becoming a better version of me because that part was missing. So I think we need to cheer ourselves on and acknowledge we're growing as we get closer to that, that vision. Right, yeah, I mean, I think the becoming in the process is so important because, you know, reflecting on my past, those, those five years, it was, there were not, there were moments where I, I felt like, you know, what's, you know, what's next? Like for me, it was so challenging. And, but I, I grew from those types of situations and became stronger, more confident. And now looking back, as you were saying, when I'm faced with similar situations, I know I can anticipate what's going to happen next. And so I then can say, look, I trust myself enough to get through this because I've done it before and this is nothing scary for me. Yeah. And so I think it's so important that the becoming the process is something that we also have to celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, what other advice would you give to my listeners in the space of um, self-improvement or self-growth? Biggest thing, and, and, and you touched on this as well when you're talking about your vision board, know what you want. And, and going back to what I said, know what it looks like. Uh, add all the other senses. Looks like, feels like, sounds like, smells like. Mm -hmm. And if you, whether or not you just have one picture in a frame on your desk or a full-on vision board like you and I have created for ourselves, keep it where you can see it every single day. And in something you touched on earlier as well, every day you take one step toward one picture of one goal. 
it, it's kind of like being that 1% better every day. And a gentleman named Chris Whitehead is one of my mentors. So I encourage everybody, first off, know what you want, but put it where you can see it every day. And if you make a board, great. Take a picture of it, make it the wallpaper on your phone or your tablet or your laptop or whatever electronic devices you use. If you're in your car all day, driving around for appointments, print, take a picture, print out a picture, fold it up, put it in the visor of your car. Mm. And at least once a day while you're out driving around, I want you to pull over somewhere, take one minute, two minutes, five minutes, look at your board and say, all right, something I'm doing today is going to lead me closer to just one of these, a connection, a resource, an action, a conversation, a thought is going to get me closer. And if you do that on a regular basis, you're going to find that your, your antennae, your radar is going to go off for opportunities more often because mm -hmm. you're going to hear things differently. You're going to hear part of a conversation and go, well, wait, wait a second. There's something, I've got a goal I want to achieve. And that person's talking about how they did it, make a new connection. Mm -hmm. And and just, it, it opens you up and tunes you into the universe in such a way. And I know it sounds woo-woo. And I tell all my clients, especially the corporate clients, in my first meeting with them, I said, hi, my name is Steve Gamlin. I'm a vision board and visualization expert. I created the vision board mastery program. And I guarantee you one thing. This is going to sound and feel really, really weird <laughs> with me talking about this, but you're going to get it and, and you're going to be able to do it and, and just trust me to guide you through this. But I tell people all the time at first, this is going to seem really weird. Mm -hmm. And some people go, ooh, manifesting like magic. I go, no, manifest means bring it into existence. Mm -hmm. It means you got to bust your butt, meet the universe and, and the world, God, whatever power you believe in. You got to meet it halfway. Like if it just knocked on your door and you get handed a lottery check, how, how responsible would you be with that versus you working hard for that money? Right. So I tell people every day, you don't know, keep it in mind and just take one little step every day mm -hmm. and, and don't be staring at your shoes, walking through the world, look around, head on a swivel, connect with people with their eyes, wave to people, high five, thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Just, just be plugged in. And you would be amazed how quickly some things are going to start to happen for you. Yeah. And uh, I hear it out all the time. And I said, I told you, stop yeah. staring at your shoes. <laughs> Make eye contact with the world. There's a great world out there waiting to connect with you. If you look into their eyes first. Thank you for sharing that. That's powerful. And I hope that my listeners will take away um, some of those points and pointers and really apply in their own lives. Um, where can people find you should they choose to connect with you? Yeah, nice and easy. My website is motivationalfirewood.com. And the Vision Board Mastery Program is there. There's some articles there, including one written by a little rescued dog. And there's uh, a sample of his book there as well. But uh, yeah, everything's right there at motivationalfirewood.com. Awesome. Awesome. And my last question here for you, Steve, is um, what does the meaning of life mean to you? Life to me every day is a chance to do something better. If I can be a better person than yesterday, then great. If I can make one more person laugh, great. And it's just to go out there with the purpose, as you asked earlier, to leave at least one situation every day better than I found it. And when I wake up and I make a determination to do that, I'm off and running. And, and I'm not 
banging off the walls, needing a cup of coffee. I wake up like this first thing in the morning. So <laughs> if, uh, you know, if to cut it down, yeah, that's, that's my purpose, my meaning. And that's, uh, that's life to me, just creating laughter and learning and knowledge and inspiration, motivation, people believing in themselves a little more because of something I shared. I'm good with that. If, if you wanted to cram all that on my headstone, even if it just said, here lies Steve, man, it was fun having him around. I'm good with that. That's great, Steve. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your wisdom and insight. Um, I appreciate your your time here. And um, let's continue to stay in touch. And thank you so much for your existence. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate being here. This was a blast. And this will be in my gratitude journal tomorrow that we had this amazing conversation. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>